Calgary Ward 11 2021 virtual debate. While this debate is being held virtually via Zoom, we'd like to acknowledge that we are on the lands of the Treaty 7 territories and Region 3 of the Métis Nations. Good evening. My name is Christopher Brown, the host of the Cross-Border Interview podcast and president of Miranda Brown & Associates Incorporated. Tonight, I will be your moderator. Participating Ward 11 candidates will square off in a debate about the issues posed by you, the residents of Calgary. Prior to tonight's debate, we reached out to all candidates who were running for Ward 11 counselor. All candidates were given the same information and the same details about tonight's debate. Participating candidates in today's debate are followed in alphabetical order. Vance Bertram, Courtney Brannigan, Lauren Herschel, Jeffrey Vandenberg, and Rob Ward. The candidates have agreed to tonight's debate rules and I will try my best to ensure that we are kept on time and on schedule. Over the last three weeks, we have had over 120 questions submitted for tonight's debate alone. The candidates were not given the questions prior to tonight's debate, but they were given the topics, which include green spaces, COVID-19 and the mask mandate, spending and the budget, representing all residents, small businesses, and if we have a time, revitalization in the tourism sector. Now, for those who are watching via YouTube, we're gonna bring in the candidates. You will not be able to see me for the remainder of the debate because you are not here to see me, you're here to see the people who you're gonna be voting for. So I'm just gonna make sure I do this correctly. Here we are. As I said beforehand, each candidate will have a one minute opening statement. This will go in alphabetical order by last name. Opening statements will be from Vance Bertram, and in this order, I should say, Vance Bertram, Courtney Brannigan, Lauren Herschel, Jeffrey Vandenberg, and Rob Ward. So with that, I just want to make sure I have my timer correct up here. I apologize. I've closed down. So with that, one minute opening statement, starting with Vance, whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris. Hi, we're 11 residents. I'm very pleased and honored to be here this evening to be able to discuss the issues that you guys have submitted. I'm hoping that I can be your guys' next War 11 counselor and uh, be a good, strong representative for you and uh, right. If you guys uh, have any questions or concerns, you can always reach out to me at my email, which is vance at votevance.ca or by telephone. I prefer calls as I really enjoy being able to actually hear people. Sometimes emails can feel very impersonal and get misread. So uh, you can always reach me at 587-601-1223. And that's all I have to say. So on to Courtney, if she's up for it. Okay. Uh, Courtney Brannigan, whenever you're ready. Good evening, everyone. I am Courtney Brannigan. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. And thanks, Chris, for hosting us. I believe Calgary is a great city. My experiences in community and economic development are my why for being here with you tonight. As the past president of the Haysboro Community Association and a current board member of a nonprofit, I'm keenly aware of the relationship the city holds with these organizations and the work they do serving neighborhoods. I understand the ongoing needs and supports these organizations are seeking. 
In my involvement on city policy working groups, I've been a voice for community and neighborhood planning and advocating for resident involvement in the shaping of neighborhoods. I've guided entrepreneurs and service providers in the tech sector, and I've been a leader in building a high trust network of individuals and groups who are helping drive the diversification of Calgary's economy. I look forward to our conversation this evening and answering the questions from you, the residents of Ward 11. Now we will start with, and now we'll go to Lauren Herschel. Lauren, whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris, and thanks everybody for being here. My name is Lauren Herschel. I am a resident of Oak Ridge in Ward 11, and I've been living here for about seven years. Um, my professional background is communications and engagement, both employee and public engagement. Um, the communication part means I've spent a lot of time making sure people have a clear understanding of what they need to make good decisions. And the engagement part means I've made sure people feel valued and that they're an active partner in the changes that they might be facing. I've held leadership roles in a variety of industries, including banking, hospitality, food service, commercial and residential real estate, as well as not-for-profits like the Alberta Motor Association and the Calgary Public Library. I'm on the board of Heritage Calgary. I'm a big sister with big brothers and big sisters. Um, and I'm just, I really love Calgary. So um, with that, I will wrap things up, but I'm really looking forward to the conversations tonight. Jeffrey Vandenberg, whenever you're ready. Excellent. Thanks very much, uh, Chris. Uh, I, uh, you know, and thank you all for taking the time to listen to our stories this evening. Uh, I am an instructor at Mount Royal University, and this morning, as uh, I had those first-year students in the class, and I looked in their eyes, I thought, we have a lot of reason for optimism. We have a lot to look forward to. The future looks bright. And then as I left class and looked at the sky, we all remember the clouds from this morning that lasted into the early afternoon, these uh, undulating clouds. And I felt this sense of awe and a real appreciation for uh, the majesty of nature. And, and also just to, to recognize that once again, a feeling of hope, a feeling of, of, uh, of, of that optimism that I had looking into the eyes of the students. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to talk a bit about uh, why I have reason for hope. One of them is because of the group we have people here, uh, the group of people we have here this evening. You'll see that uh, the candidates we have are quite uh, exceptional and we look forward to hearing what they have to say. But, uh, but the other is because I bring this background, I'm the former president of the Lakeview Community Association, former, um, I work for the Iridesco Communications, communication firm, and former journalist for the Calgary Herald. Sorry, just want to make sure that we all get to a proper equal time. And now Rob, Rob Ward, whenever you're ready. Okay. Hi everyone, my name is Rob Ward. I'm running for City Council Ward 11. Uh, I come from a background of technology and business. I started my education in computer engineering. I then transitioned into a business management degree. Out of university, I worked as a financial analyst and a business development analyst. So I know my way around a balance sheet, a financial statement and legal documents. I worked on international tender bids uh, in the oil and gas industry as well, alongside our legal team. I'm an active volunteer. I'm on the Willow Park Charity Classic Committee, which I'm proud to say has raised $11.6 million for local charities in Calgary now. Uh, the reason I'm doing this is I have my own IT and marketing consulting company that works with small businesses. I've seen their struggle over the last few years, and I believe Calgary's on the verge of a resurgence, and I want to help make Calgary flourish. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I'm just going to jump back on for a second. Um, sorry, everyone. I just want to make sure I, I read this correctly for everyone. Uh, 
Now we're going to be turning to the topics of tonight's debate. Once I pose a question, each candidate will have one minute to respond to the question. After all candidates have given their answer, each candidate will be given 30 seconds for a follow-up. Please note, candidate, you do not need to take this 30 seconds. It's completely optional. Again, we will proceed in alphabetical order, but this time we'll be starting with Courtney. Topic one, green spaces. Question one. This question was posed by Mr. Foster. Our city and our ward are blessed with many freely accessible parks and playgrounds, but many of these public spaces seem to be mostly used in warm weather only and often ignored during the winter. My question is this, what will you do as councillor to facilitate more and better use of outdoor public spaces during the winter months? Courtney, whenever you're ready. Oh, I love this question because I have written about being a winter city. Um, so other than the obvious of having a snowball site, actually what I would love to do is, so year-round recreation is very important. So North Glenmore Park is uh, piloted a skating rink last year, a skating track. They are doing it again this year. I'm so um, excited to see that back. I think outdoor fire pits in the winter, some other gathering spaces in our parks facility facilitated by the city would be wonderful. I'd love to see more track setting for cross-country skiing and snowshoeing with some marked routes. And I think the city can support that by actually supporting small businesses as well and bringing rental companies to those areas. So rental companies for skates, rental companies for cross-country ski equipment and snowshoes. So this is a win-win for Calgarians when we partner in this way with business and recreation. Perfect. Lauren, you're up next. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've noticed that too. This is a really great question. Um, at, living in Oak Ridge, we have a lot of really wonderful green space that is thankfully quite connected. Each piece is connected and it really is underused in the winter. Um, one of the things I've noticed, in addition to some of the recreation things that Courtney talked about, um, even just getting out for a walk can sometimes be difficult in our green spaces. Um, in the summer, they have great pathways, paved pathways, but of course they're not plowed in the winter. So, you know, given our population is aging and there's a lot of seniors in the area, they can't really even go through a for a stroll through those green spaces. So I think I would look for ways of making that happen. Um, just so, you know, people who just want to get out for a walk and maybe aren't able to go cross country skiing can access those spaces and enjoy them and see the nature and all that sort of thing. Jeffrey, whenever you're ready. Sure. So I guess the, the key message related to parks is just that uh, we've heard from Calgarians that parks are important. We know that it's important to invest in parks. Uh, we've heard it in terms of both natural environment, uh, the green spaces, urban wildlife. It's all something that's uh, that's a priority for the city. So then, then uh, specifically to speak to the question of making sure those parks are utilized year round. What a wonderful, as uh, Courtney talked about, what a wonderful uh, skate track we have in North Glenmore Park. And, and it was very creative thinking on the part of the city to make sure that uh, that we were offering amenities such as this. 
And uh, I think that to continue to look for opportunities to make the parks a year-round amenity, and uh, and as uh, Lauren talked about, making sure we have pathways cleared so that uh, they're not just usable by people with uh, with skis, but also people who are in uh, wheelchairs. And so uh, we're talking about making sure that uh, that the parks are for everyone. And uh, that is also what's happened with the latest uh, park that's been put in North Glenmore Park. The uh, uh, the the new park is uh, fully accessible to to everyone with a wide range of abilities and strengths and uh, weaknesses. And so gonna have to cut you off again one minute I, we will we will have time for a 30 second follow-up if you want um mr ward your time your turn thank you um so in terms of the green spaces what we've seen is a lack of maintenance in terms of both in the winter you know plowing access to get to these green spaces as was said we need to focus on the very basics first is people getting to these green spaces and being able to use these green spaces once we take care of that basic essential first, there is multiple ways that you can use these green spaces. For example, in, in our ward, Maple Ridge Golf Course is a city-owned property. Uh, it's currently used for cross-country skiing. Could there be a skating rink as well? There's, there's lots of possibilities with that and ways that the city can get involved. We remember during the height of COVID in the last winter, they had fire pits around the city, which was a great thing to use. Um, even here in Willow Park at our community center, we have a large field and in the winter it's, it's used as a skating rink. It's one of the best skating rinks, I think, in the city. So there is ways to transition these to use in the winter. Uh, last will be Mr. Bertram, whenever you're ready. Yeah, so I'd have to agree with quite a, quite a few of the candidates there. I'm hearing the same things from the residents, both clearing and passing that, but uh, we also need to be looking at redoing a whole bunch of the parks and green spaces that we already have existing. Like I live in Cedarbury here and I, uh, right from when I was a little kid, the last time that the park near my place uh, got redone was when I was about four years old when I first moved in. So it's been over 25 years now that it's been unmaintained. And I think that's why lots of people aren't going to the parks area. So I'd, I'd be really uh, looking into trying to get new parks in there so that it actually brings back more young kids as well as I would like to look at getting more hockey because there, we get little dirt berms put up around here in Cedar Bray, but nothing of substantial amount. And it would be really nice to have something that was paved year round so that both floor hockey and basketball could be played at the same time. Perfect. As I said, we will have a 30 second follow up. Now I'm just gonna repeat the question because we've had a few people join late just so that way they understand where we are on this question. Our city and our ward are blessed with many freely accessible parks and playgrounds, but many of those public spaces seem to be mostly used in the warm weather only and are often ignored during winter. The question is, what will you do as councillor to facilitate more and better use of outside public spaces during the winter months? Now, as I said beforehand, this is the chance for a 30 second follow up if you wish. Courtney, would you like 30 seconds? Yeah, I'm going to take it. I think what's really important when we're creating our outdoor winter spaces is we think about equity in our city. So I use the example that in my neighborhood, the community put up two rinks. One was a larger rink that got hockey nets and one was a smaller rink. The hockey rink, uh, I'm going to use that in air quotes because it wasn't just for hockey, but because the game was going on, the individuals who chose not to play hockey had a really small space to skate. So we need to make sure that we're creating equity in our spaces so that people of different abilities, sometimes it's gendered, um, have equal opportunities for recreation, and that's winter as well as Thank summer. Thank you, Courtney. 
Lauren, would you like 30 seconds? I sure would. Um, one little quick thing I'd like to add is I'd really like to see the city remove some of the barriers to community associations putting on little festivals and events. Often there's a lot of permit processes that are quite overwhelming for volunteers. And I think that would also facilitate use of spaces year round, but especially in the winter. Jeffrey, I'm assuming you'll want 30 seconds as well. I'm assuming everyone's going to want 30 seconds. So I'm just going to just assume everyone's going to have 30 seconds afterwards. So Jeffrey, would you like 30 seconds? Sure, I'll take 30 seconds. But just to, to use it to reemphasize uh, that key message that uh, how important uh, parks are to us and uh, based on the question that they're that they be year round accessible and accessible having multiple meanings, both in terms of uh, that they're accessible to people just to get there and then accessible in terms of their use, both by uh, people with a wide range of abilities. So that's that's something that's uh, that's important. Healthy, healthy lifestyles and active living. Uh, Rob, let's go for it. 30 seconds. You bet. Uh, just as I, as I said, I want to reiterate that we need to nail the basics with these green spaces first. Make sure they're maintained and accessible is number one. Um, also just making an ability for, you know, community associations, volunteers, other people to be able to make these spaces better just by, you know, making processes quicker and easier for people to handle. I think there's quite a barrier there and we need to fix that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Vance, 30 seconds to you. Thank you. I think if we were able to also in the older communities actually get better additional lighting into the into the areas that'd be really beneficial because there's so many areas that especially even like I said over in my area there's a street light but it uh, points in the exactly wrong direction for anything to be seen so these older communities need to be upgraded as well because there's lots of young kids that are starting to pop up into these older communities now that the older residents are starting to move out and move into uh, retirement homes. Perfect. That was an excellent first round. Thank you so much, everyone, for sticking to time. Um, I'm going to ask one question because it seems like everyone wants to talk here. Uh, are you okay with me changing the rules up a little bit and going to a minute and 30 seconds complete, uninterrupted, instead of this minute and then 30 seconds after, just a minute and 30 seconds? Would all five of you agree to that? Sure. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Sorry for that. Everyone who's watching, we're just doing this on the fly. Topic two, this question will be posed to Lauren Herschel first, and this is around COVID-19 and mask mandates. <clears throat> now, as I said begin at the beginning, we had over 120 submissions. And as you can imagine, COVID-19 and the mask mandates was a hot topic question. So this is a question that is a hybrid of a few people's questions that have been submitted. So the question is, the COVID pandemic has had a negative effect in our province and our city. As counselor, what measures will you support to make sure Calgarians are safe until the threat of COVID-19 is eliminated? And as this is a topic of discussion at City Council this morning, this is from me, what is your position on the vaccine passport that was proposed at City Hall today? So a minute and 30 seconds, Lauren, whenever you're ready. 
Thanks, Chris. Yeah, this one's obviously a tough one. I think, you know, we've all been through a lot in the last 19 months or however many months we're on now. And, uh, you know, we're all learning as we go. And I think that goes for the government as well. Um, my concern, um, first of all, I'm okay with mask mandates, especially right now with our numbers being so high. Um, and I really think it's important that we protect our healthcare system, we protect our businesses, and of course, that we protect our residents. So that's really top of mind for me. Um, do I have the magic crystal ball to know exactly what the right solution is? No, I don't. So um, do I support what council did today? I think for the most part, because I don't see another solution. Um, if there is another solution, I'm happy to hear it. But you know, there's so many people who are having delayed surgeries, um, delayed treatments um, that's actually affected me personally. Um, I have a number of people in my life that are immune compromised. So to me, you know, masks have always been an OK thing um, in in my book while we're seeing um, numbers. Of course, when things improve, I'm OK with things being scaled back as well. I, I appreciate that. This is a really divisive issue and that has troubled me a lot. Um, so I'm really looking for a way that we can work together to keep everybody safe and keep our economy going. Okay, Jeffrey, your turn next. I think uh, it's important to state at the outset that I do think that the province dropped the ball in terms of uh, the handling of uh, COVID-19, but I also believe that they would agree with that. As though, although they haven't been as forthcoming with the apology, if you will, they 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 did uh, they did acknowledge that things did not go as expected, and so that's uh, that's an important uh, key message to get out there uh, that we know it didn't go well. So we, but what I want to emphasize uh, is that I do not believe that city council should cross the line and start getting involved in areas that are outside of its uh, expertise. If we are not happy with a level of government that is in charge of uh, taking care of what uh, in this case healthcare, then I think we as a city need to use all our power to lobby the province to cajole to uh, to make sure that we're pushing to make sure we're using moral suasion to make sure we're using the, the popular appeal to to convince the provincial government to do things differently. But once we start down that slippery slope of deciding that, hey, I'm going to get involved in, in making up for what I see as a gap at the, the level that's responsible for looking after this, I think it's a, it's a slippery slope. So I, I, I would say that I'm not uh, in favor of city council making a decision uh, today to change the province's uh, vaccine passport uh, uh, rules, even though uh, they may not have been uh, properly implemented, and even though the problem may, the, the, the program may need tweaking. I think that Thank uh, you, City Jeffrey. Council has to stick to doing what it does best. Thank you, Jeffrey. Rob, whenever you're ready. Uh, so first, right off the start, I'd like to say, you know, we talk about what measures can we take to eliminate COVID. Uh, let's be perfectly honest and clear here. COVID will never be eliminated. It's something that we're going to have to learn to live with, uh, likely for the rest of our lives. In terms of the passports, um, you know, I almost hate saying this publicly, but it's it's the truth is these passports are extremely easy, easy to forge and people are forging them and they are using them. So to put in a passport mandate or law is simply you're kidding yourself. It's not going to make a restaurant or a business be filled only with vaccinated people. Unvaccinated people will be in that business. That is a guarantee. Uh, no, I'd also point out that no government has nailed this anywhere in the world. There is not a government that you can point to and say, 
they did it. That's what we need to do. That hasn't existed yet. So uh, any any measures that we do take are simply a trial and a hope at this point. Um, the other thing, it, there's, a, there's quite the combativeness about COVID. Uh, we need to work with the provincial government. It doesn't matter who is in power. You need to work with them, not against them. Uh, the only way to get a solution to all this is to work collaboratively with both levels of government. We also need concrete goals for any measures. When will they be lifted? And last, I think it's not the city's position to get into gray areas of the law. The province needs to handle this so the city doesn't open itself up to unnecessary lawsuits. That's Thank you position. so much, Thank Rob. Vance, over to you. One minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Thank you. Yeah, I would have to agree with Rob on that, that it's, uh, I already know that people are fortunate as well, and it's not going to be something that we can get around. I know that uh, we've, we've got things that we can do to combat it already. There's actually a company in Calgary right now called Air Sniper that's working diligently and selling uh, their air purifying system, which uses a UV light sterilizing uh, to get rid of the viruses, as well as H1N1 and lots of other things uh, that should be implemented into buildings and businesses um, to be able to keep businesses open and actually be getting the fresh air back in there. Lots of businesses and, and people don't understand that uh, uh, for, so my background is master electrician. I know rooftop units and stuff only bring in 10% outside fresh air. And during these times when everyone's locked inside, of course, that's not helping uh, matters because lots of businesses don't run their furnaces consistently with the furnace fan going on to circulate fresh air in there. Um, as far as, as, far as uh, combating it, I think we need to uh, continue to help the elderly by allowing them to have a uh, uh, prime times inside businesses, like uh, an hour at the at the first thing in the morning or later, as uh, ninety four percent of the deaths are happening in people that are over sixty years old, and that's not uncommon. Uh, even even our natural cause of death are, are much the same. So I think that we need to do more to protect the vulnerable. But people have to be realistic and look at uh, their their health situation and realize if they actually need the vaccine or not, or if they should get it get it naturally. As is Israel just came up, sorry, with the study saying that. If you count and it naturally, you were sometimes. I'm, um, sorry, I'm going to cut you off here, Vance. Sorry, I apologize. Just want right. to make sure everyone gets yeah. that minute and thirty seconds. I um, almost needed that extra thirty seconds later <laughs> just to get it all in. <laughs> Courtney, whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris. Um, I am in favor of a mask bylaw, and I'm in favor of the measures that the city implemented today. Um, those were measures that were called on by the business community to support the, to support their needs um, through some of the challenges that they've been facing. So this was giving certainty and clarity to both businesses and patrons. That was the purpose of, of the new bylaw today. And, and the majority was asking for that. And I believe that, again, um, as Rob talked about, a certainty is when. We don't know when, but we can know why we may, we may lift measures. Um, and it has been explored to get some independent medical counsel directly um, for the city of Calgary. I believe that should fall under SEMA, the Calgary Emergency Management. And these are, these are things that the next council is gonna have to explore because on October 18th, um, COVID is still gonna be here and it's still gonna be very real and it's still very much gonna be challenging our systems, um, our healthcare systems, our education systems. And so this next council is going to have to uphold the measures that are currently in place um, until we can devise those metrics, um, I think um, in conjunction with the province, but we also need to sometimes go above and beyond if we believe that the data and the science is out there and learn from other jurisdictions where we can give more supports to our residents. 
Thank you so much. Uh, we are on time and on uh, schedule. So we are going to go to topic three and this is going to be posed to Jeffrey. This topic is spending and the budget. This question is from Jen. With the downturn of the economy and the impact of the pandemic, city council and administration have implemented cost-saving measures. These cost-saving measures affect the most vulnerable citizens. How will you balance the need for cost savings and still protect the programs and services that Calgarians have come to depend on? So Jeffrey, whenever you're ready, a minute and 30 seconds. Sure. Well, the key word that was used in that question is the balance, and uh, that is just going to be essential. We can't, the solution's not going to come from all one area. As I go door knocking, the number one issue that comes up at the door is concern about taxes and concern about spending. And so we do have to uh, make sure that spending is done responsibly. That doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't mean cutting per se. It doesn't mean uh, it doesn't it doesn't mean uh, taking things away, but what it means is making sure that when we do take things away, that we recognize that one person's cut and is another person's service. And so uh, when the, the answer to the question might be put like this, uh, put yourself in someone else's shoes, recognize that we're not all in the same position and we're not all, all affected uh, equally by some of the challenges that we're facing. So we have to make sure that we're thinking about the least of these. Uh, the, the old uh, Campbell song, I think a little more of others and a little less of me. I think it's an important uh, philosophy that we have to take into the budgeting process to make sure that we are being responsible with our spending. But at the end of the day, we are thinking about those who have uh, less and making sure that uh, that spending is not uh, spending cuts are not being made uh, simply for the for the sake of balancing the books, but being made uh, to make sure that we're making uh, good decisions about uh, expenditures for the city that that will affect uh, all people at all levels uh, of, of their of their lives and uh, and depending on where they're at in terms of um, their level of ability. Thank you so much, Rob. Whenever you're ready, minute and thirty seconds. But um, in terms of balancing, you know, budgets and services and everything, obviously difficult decisions have to be made. Thankfully, we have the tools in place to tell us what's important to residents. Uh, obviously, myself, I've talked to thousands of residents already. I know what's important for them, as well as the city of Calgary does surveys on this, as well as other third party companies. And it, it's very clear when you talk to people and when you read things, uh, basic infrastructure is very important. Safety in the communities is very important. And, you know, we need to find efficiencies and how to do these things better. Also, how to utilize technology to make them more efficient and serving the citizens better. A great example is the snow clearing program, which I don't think I've met anybody in our city who's satisfied with snow clearing yet. And a great example is just in my community of Willow Park on Acadia Drive. We'll see plows go up and down that road eight times, uh, sparks flying, bare roads. So right there, that's an inefficiency, and that can be fixed uh, with direction, with technology. We can route these plows to streets that are needed to be cleared. And just in terms of deciding you know, what gets cut and what doesn't, I, I believe in, there's several terms for it, but a priority-based budgeting system, a zero-based budgeting system, we need to take care of the very basics first before we go spending on other things. Citizens want to see the basics nailed and we're not doing that. So we need to fix that. Thank you. You guys are getting good at this one minute and 30 second thing. Advanced Bertram, minute and 30 seconds to you, go for it. 
All right. Well, Rob, first of all, you got to send some of those plows down my way here in Cedar Bray. I'm lucky to see them maybe once or twice in a, in a year, let alone sparks flying, so I can really use it. Uh, something that I think that we have to do uh, to try and get some of the cuts and stuff under control is to start from the top down. So as a, a family business, business owner uh, being here, uh, one of the things that we always do is we always um, cut things from the very top and work our way down. Right now, city council, I, uh, in my opinion, gets paid more than handsomely. And when the city is doing really bad, I think that it has to come from the top down to show people solidarity for one and two, to help reduce the taxes. We also have to uh, look at getting rid of um, the extra extra um, pensions for a city, as well as we need to get rid of the golden handshakes. All of these things, there's so many things that we need to cut at our own level uh, before we even start looking at other, other places where uh, cuts and stuff might have to be done. But we need to be able to protect the pr services that we have in place currently. And we need to make sure that we're also getting down our costs at the top because we keep growing for whatever reason and everyone else is uh, continuing to suffer even further, which doesn't make sense. So we need to be uh, more more uh, critical of the money that we're spending ourselves. Thank you. Courtney, minute and 30 seconds to you. Would you like me to repeat the question or are you okay? Yeah, actually, could you repeat the question, please? Okay, no, just because I'm just watching the YouTube comments coming out, and I just want to make sure that I'm following along with YouTube as well. Um, with the downturn of the economy and the impact of the pandemic, City Council and administration have implemented cost-saving measures. These, cut, these cuts affect the most vulnerable citizens. How will you balance the needs of cost savings and still protect the programs and services that Calgarians depend on? So whenever you're ready, Courtney, go ahead. Thanks, Chris, for repeating that. So I think the key to this, this question is actually protecting vulnerable Calgarians. Um, and those are often our marginalized Calgarians or low-income Calgarians. Um, so we have to understand that when we have fees um, or when we have um, rates, that essentially is a flat tax. So how it affects, you know, so, it, so a transit fare is a really good example of that. How it affects one person is actually totally different than how it affects another person. I think the city needs to revisit the fair entry program and the benchmarks are in the fair entry program and compare those to a living wage. Um, that is really vitally important and also working with support organizations um, and nonprofits in the city to help get individuals access to those programs. When it comes to cuts around services, I think it's really important to identify usability of a service. So I use, I use mowing as an example, mowing our boulevards doesn't actually provide a service to Calgarians. Yeah, it looks prettier, but it's actually not helping anyone get around their city better. It's not helping improve their economic circumstance. So those are that when we talk about prioritizing, it's always gonna come back to people um, and how people move and live in our cities and the services that they are most reliant upon, especially our marginalized individuals. Um, so that is always gonna be my first priority to look at um, is protecting the services that people are needing. So transit, recreation, those are probably the two big ones. And Lauren, whenever you're ready, I'm in 30 seconds to you. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, um, so this is this is a really important one. And I think the keywords that were mentioned were balanced and then obviously vulnerable people. Um, I think first and foremost, you always have to protect your most vulnerable. You are not a great city. You are not a great organization. Um, if the, the people that depend on you the most are not being treated fairly and don't have the services that they need. I get frustrated because it seems like every few years, 
there's um, a fight that has to go on to keep the you know fair entry program exactly as is or to keep the low income transit pass and to me you know those should almost be things that are locked in the way that you know you lock in your utilities like it's a it's a fixed overhead cost and it shouldn't be negotiable i think the savings can be found in other areas and quite frankly i think the whole taxation system needs a revamp um it's not built to succeed well in times of um you know in poor economic times and i think if we start by looking at how we reform that we, you know, will be playing a little bit less of this hot potato game, you know, with taxing residential more and then taxing businesses more. I think it's just not setting us up for success. So we will be in this spiral for a long time until we deal with that. Um, and we will be risking our most vulnerable populations. Thanks. By the looks of it, we're going to be able to get to that sixth question, guys, and we might have a little time for a rapid fire because you guys are all doing amazing. Thank you so much for being on time and sticking to the rules. Greatly appreciate it. Topic number four, and this is going to be directed to Rob Ward. Um, question from Mr. Hill. Many residents of Ward 11, and uh, I, I will preface this, this is questions from you, the residents, not me, the moderator. This is from questions from you, the residents. Many residents of Ward 11 do not feel they have been properly represented. Many feel that they are that the interests of the rich drove the agenda while the interests of the rest have been ignored. How will you ensure you represent all residents of Ward 11? Rob, whenever you're ready, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself. Excellent question. My favorite so far. I'm biased, but uh, the... The first thing, so many residents don't feel like they're being represented properly in Ward 11. And the city of Calgary surveys show this. Less than a quarter of people in Ward 11 feel like the city politicians care what they think. Less than a quarter. That is abysmal. When you have uh, lost the trust of over 75% of your constituents, that's bad. Um, how do we gain the trust back? You have to be doing this for the right reasons and you have to be listening to residents. I'm, you know, I'm proud to say that uh, I live in the ward unlike some other candidates. I, I, I have lived in the ward for over 10 years and I'm proud to say that I'm, I'm not backed by any political parties, unions, special interest groups or other candidates. I do this for the residents of Ward 11 and that's it. And I plan to engage with the residents. Uh, there's many ways to do that. In the COVID world, we've learned of great ways to do that with technology. Zoom calls or YouTube uh, live events or Facebook live events like this, regular email, newsletters, and just being responsive. I I've heard from a lot of Ward 11 residents that they're sending candidates questions and they're not receiving a response. To me, that's wrong. If you have a question, you will get a response and you will get it quickly. And that's the least we can do is listen to the residents and get back to them. Thank you, Vance. Your minute and 30 seconds starts now. So what, what I always try and tell people uh, that aren't feeling like they're getting very much into it. So I went and door knocked on a lot of low income houses in other areas uh, versus the very uh, well off areas. And one thing that I've always noticed between the two is the very well-off areas know every single level of government, their politician that's that's in power or is going to be elected. Uh, whereas the low-income ones, there's lots of them that don't even know their current counselor in there. So I was trying to tell them to get more engaged with it because if they can't even find uh, who their constituent, or sorry, not uh, their uh, counselor is, 
then they're going to have troubles um, having their voice heard. Another thing that I like to do at, at the doors is if somebody doesn't agree with something that that I stand on very firmly, uh, and they want to know, you know, what do the other count or what do the other uh, candidates think? I'll actually direct them towards the person I think is most likely to represent them because at the end of the day, I feel that whoever gets elected should be representing the majority amount of people. And I don't want to try and talk my way around it or try and get them to uh, vote for me and pretend like I'm going to voice their concerns when I'm not. So I always try and be very upfront and very uh, forthright with people about that. And if and most of them have been really receptive and very happy that I'm at least willing to point them in the right direction. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have somebody elected that represents the majority of people, we've already failed at our first job, which is to represent the most amount of people, in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vance. Courtney, your turn. Minute yeah. and 30 seconds starts now. Yeah, I think what we need to start from recognizing is there's bar there's barriers to, to participation. Sometimes it is time, sometimes it is access, sometimes it's knowledge. So for those individuals who aren't participating, it's actually really important to capture the data on who is participating so we can understand who's not. That always starts from that is, is that really keen knowledge. Um, and so for me, one of the things that I've tried to model through the campaign that I want to take into the council role is being in community. So I have been at community events, I have volunteered, I have shown up where people are at. I have talked about, I made a blog post about 11 campaign promises, and a lot of that is ways I will be more accessible as a counselor. Uh, it comes down to, you know, avenues of communication. So being, you know, broad and deep in my communication across social platforms, it is being, you know, floating the idea of having um, office hours at community associations, um, continuing to hold board um, like open houses, which are wonderful, but they need to be at different times of the day and on different times of the week. People have schedules and routines and we need to understand it's where it's at. I mean, go to a kid's hockey game, show up there, right? Find the different places where people are at, meet them in community. Um, that is how we hear from those voices. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with continuing to door knock and to visit residents throughout, you know, throughout your time in office. So I encourage everyone to read the blog because that has way more ideas than I can put in 30 seconds. <laughs> Thank you so much. Lauren, minute and 30 seconds to you. Go ahead. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, this is super important to me. This is actually one of the pillars of my campaign. Um, I am in this for the residents. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this to give back to Calgary because I've had a lot of opportunity here and I really love this city and I want to make sure other people have that experience too. So three things I would do to make sure that re residents are properly represented. Um, first of all, I would meet people where they are. So like some of the other candidates have mentioned, Zoom meetings, town halls, um, community barbecues where families can come, um, you know, things at different hours, using so social media to its fullest extent so that there is that two-way dialogue. Um, just really finding where people are in their everyday life and having those conversations. I would also create um, some tasks for task force. So a seniors one, a youth one, a small business one. So we can really hear from certain special interest groups. So we really understand um, the problems that they're facing and the opportunities that they have. And then thirdly, um, I'm, I'm very committed, again, it's the communications background, to explaining issues and making sure people know what's happening before it's voted on by council. 
council. And then once I would vote on something, I'd be very clear and transparent as to the why and where I got my information and why the, that was the best decision for the ward. So to me, those are the ways that we keep people represented and feeling like they belong in the conversation. Thank you, Lauren. Jeffrey, you're up. Minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Yeah, sure. So we heard from uh, both from Rob and Lauren about uh, how much we love this question. It's also my uh, favorite question. I think it's one of the reasons is because uh, after I announced that I was running on my uh, community association page, one of the residents of the community said, uh, you know, she wished she wished me all the best. And she said one of the things that she thought was the most uh, the characteristic that she appreciated the most was that uh, that I wasn't in it for me, that I was actually taking the concerns of the residents and and uh, and representing the residents when I was acting as a president of the Lakeview Community Association. So I think it's uh, that's that that was really excellent feedback feedback for me, because I think it's essential that that we, we take that attitude into city council uh, for the next mandate. A lot of the uh, people who went to city council uh, in the most recent mandate went in with a vision for how they wanted the city to be. And they and they left some residents behind. Uh, they, they pursued that vision without necessarily getting the buy in from from those who would be affected by the vision. And so and, and I was as was mentioned previously, uh, some of those things took people by surprise. So there wasn't the there wasn't the necessary engagement early on in the process where uh, where people would uh, be aware of what was coming further in the process. The, the finished product seemed to be presented to people and that caused a lot of stress. So I think uh, one of the things that I that I wanted to emphasize was the importance of uh, not uh, going in with a vision of the city per se, but making sure that we have uh, the that we represent the, the residents that put us in place, and make sure that we're uh, we're meeting them where they at. As as was mentioned, I too think town halls Thanks. are an excellent uh, tool. Right. And uh, yeah, you bet. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to make sure everyone gets uh, one minute and thirty seconds. I don't want to uh, be favorite to anyone being accused of being favorite to anyone. So thank you so much for it's uh, in my head. I'm counting down that last 15 seconds. You have to, you have, to have like a five second marker as well so that we can <laughs> imagine okay. where is that end of the 15. I will I will make sure for the next event I have four hands going here. Um, and now topic number five. And this is going to start with Rob. Uh, oh, sorry, with Vance. I apologize. This is going to start with Vance. Uh, this issue is around small businesses. Question, and this is a question from, and I apologize uh, if you are listening, if I pronounce your name incorrectly, but Henny. And this question is, as a small business owner in Ward 11, what is your plan to support new and existing businesses located here in Ward 11. Your minute and 30 seconds starts whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris. So, so what I'd like to be doing is to be lowering taxes from the city end. Uh, right now, I know that they've got a, a fund put together that was funded by Calgary taxpayers, business owners and the like. Uh, and they're actually trying to promote getting more businesses into Calgary by using that money to incentivize basically what, what I would consider their outside competitors to move into the city instead of lowering the taxes for these existing small businesses that are in place. As a, as a family run business, small business ourselves, uh, it's kind of frustrating to see from, from the city's end that they're basically taking our money and letting the competitors move in next door and they're gonna give them money with them just promising that they'll make some jobs. Whereas we've already got lots of businesses and small businesses that have workers, employees that they wish that they could employ more or upgrade their own facilities. 
So rather, I would rather get rid of those programs and put that money right straight back into lowering the taxes for businesses so that businesses can grow and do their own thing on their own time uh, and not be not be worried about the city picking favorites and moving in their competitors next door after after small businesses, the many of them uh, have been here for decades in Calgary and are holding on by hand, tooth and nail right now. Thank you. Thank you, Vance. Now over to Courtney, minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Great, I have a plethora of ideas. So I'm gonna throw them at you and then I'm gonna encourage everybody to follow up with me to get the, the nitty gritty details. Uh, we need to revise home-based business permits. Um, the permitting structure isn't working. It's very narrow um, and doesn't allow for a lot of flexibility for home-based businesses. Um, I would love to see the city partner with vacant retail spaces, so vacant uh, places to do more pop-up retail so that businesses can be in for two to six months. Um, so there's a higher turnover and that could be a real incentive to some areas that have empty spaces and it gives businesses a first chance to try some, some sort of storefront opportunity. Um, one of the things we don't do really well in Calgary is using our parks and green spaces to support neighborhood and local businesses. Um, so similar to how we'll maybe have something like the Inglewood Night Market, those are things that we could be doing on a weekend basis in our parks and green spaces through permitting. Um, and again, giving business exposure uh, to neighborhoods and to communities. And that goes, you know, that's food-based businesses. Those are, you know, handcraft businesses. So those are some real unique opportunities that we could take advantage of. Um, and the other thing is we've got lots of neighborhood strip malls, which could do with an uplift. And if the city could work on a granting process where we could get some revitalization of those buildings um, that could be paid back over time through property taxes, I think you would get actually better uptake of businesses in those areas and more attraction of local residents um, and potentially newer um, independent businesses moving in as well. Thank you, Courtney. Lauren, minute and 30 seconds to you whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris. So this is actually the very first blog I wrote for my campaign was on how to support small businesses. So this is this is an easy one. Um, well, it's not an easy solution, but um, as I mentioned, actually, in the last questions, um, I think one of the most important things is to really listen to small businesses and understand what they need. I think very often the city listens to a handful or a certain type of business and then tries to apply those rules across the city in terms of this is what people need. And I think, you know, every every business has localized concerns. And I think it's really important that we focus on listening to the actual business owners. Um, secondly, I think we need to remove policy barriers. Um, for example, for the temporary patios that went up during COVID, the develop, they had to file for a development permit. That can take anywhere from three to six weeks. When we have such a short patio season, that's a little bit ridiculous. Um, also, we have a million different land uses. So if you have a vacant plaza, it's often very difficult and there's a lot of extra processes to go through to fill that space if it isn't zoned properly for that. Um, and then the third thing is what I mentioned before too, we need to reform the tax system. It's not working, it's putting a burden on homeowners and businesses um, while we're going through economic challenges. So I really think if we deal with that issue, it will be um, a much more business friendly environment in Ward 11. Thank you, Lauren. Jeffrey, minute and 30 seconds, and I'll try and make sure that I have a 10 and a five here for you this time, okay? Whenever you're ready, Jeffrey, go for it. That'd be perfect. Thanks a lot, Chris. So uh, I, I think interesting when it comes to helping small business, I think it's the same uh, approach. 
on one level, that's on the macro level, as helping the 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 city as a whole. And then on the micro level, there's there's uh, the push to shop local. So let me talk about that macro level first. I think we need as a city to focus on continued diversification of our uh, of our revenue base. We need to make sure that the primary focus, uh, the Calgary Economic Development, is doing a great, great job of this, and we can't light up. But we have to make sure that we're continuing to attract diversified businesses to the city. We can only um, you know we can only take so many commercial buildings and convert them to residential housing uh, before that uh, starts to have a a negative impact on prices because there's too much inventory. So the focus that that can be one part of the solution, but the focus to helping small business is even by investing in ensuring that we continue to bring businesses to the city so that we can build the revenue base for the city. Now, in terms of uh, that shop local uh, part I talked about earlier, that's where we can be uh, in answer specifically to the question about how to, how to help those local businesses here in, in Ward 11. Uh, there, was, there was a study that was on the City of Calgary website that said Said that uh, for every uh, $10 a month that people spend on local businesses, they can create over uh, 80 jobs. So uh, imagine if we spend even more than that, how many jobs we could create in the city and help small businesses at, at the same time. So there is a, that's excellent. Uh, I'll wrap it up right there. So uh, both on a micro and macro level. Thanks very much for that, Chris. <laughs> no problem, Jeffrey. Uh, and then we will finish this one with Rob. Rob, your men in 30 seconds starts whenever you're ready. Thank you. So as I sort of said in my intro, uh, my business is small business. I'm a small business owner myself. I am an, I have an IT marketing consulting company that works directly with small businesses in our city. So I'm well connected with the small business community and I know what is frustrating for them. Uh, I've had a few talks with people, for example, a massage therapist that works out of her home due to uh, city licensing and permits. She's only allowed to have three clients per week. Why? That's anti-business. Uh, there's a restaurant uh, locally in our ward who it was a new owner. He renovated it. And the permitting, licensing, and inspection process it took, uh, I believe it was two months. That's anti-business. Uh, we need to move quicker than that. You know, red tape is used as a, a punch word. It, it's just about processes being quick, predictable, and business-friendly. Right now, we're seeing businesses exit Calgary due to uncertainty and you know, difficult processes. There's four dealerships in Calgary that are now moving to the Sutina Nation land. Why? Because it costs less to do business there. It's more predictable and it's easier. And the city needs to set an example for shopping local. For my campaign, my large signs are all purchased from a local company and they cost 48% less than the competing company, which is what the city of Calgary uses. They pay 48% more and support a company out of Ontario. So they need to practice what they preach is what I say. And we need to make Calgary business friendly. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. I just want to make sure I've gotten to everyone on that question. Yes. Uh, we are an hour into this and we are on our last question. So uh, if we get done this quickly, I do have a round robin and you guys were not prepared for this, but I have a few questions that some people have been asking during our YouTube channel. So we will ask you as well during this, if we have time, I'm not saying we will, but I will ask it if we have to topic six. And we're going to start with Courtney on this one. Now, yet again, this came from multiple submissions. So this is a hybrid question. So please, uh, uh, please, uh, I apologize to the person or persons who asked this question and multiple questions, but I wanted to make sure that we got an encompass of this. This question is about revitalization and the tourism sector. 
The question is, please tell us your thoughts and platform on the community revitalization projects that are currently in the works, specifically the Midtown Development, the Entertainment District, and the new arena. And what ideas do you have to make our city more modern and attractive to tourism? A minute and 30 seconds to try and answer all those questions, Courtney, go for it. Okay, Midtown's currently on hold um, uh, by direction of planning and urban development. So I don't wanna speak to that. Um, we absolutely need continued revitalization around the Rivers District, um, including the new arena. My focus and priority will always be um, on the public realm component of that. So the interfacing of streets and transit um, and the pedestrian experience and the open spaces, which we can use to drive, which we can use to drive tourism and support uh, businesses around that area. One thing I wrote about actually not that long ago was the whole idea of also civic tourism. So tourism can happen both within our own city, so places that we can explore, um, that also then benefits individuals who are visiting our city. We have an abundance of pathways. Where can you rent a bike from adjacent to a pathway? Why are we not doing that? Why are we not permitting businesses? There was a great example out of Carbon Park this summer. Um, Shula had a business called Sup and Flow. And so it was using our recreation opportunities and how do we drive people to recreate in our own city? Uh, so those are opportunities, I think, when we think about tourism um, that can really bolster. How do, and do those come with bike tour? You know, those, you know, the bike brewery tours, do they come with restaurant tours? So I think how, when we bring in and partner with local companies and businesses, um, to create experiences in Calgary um, to travel around to, that bolsters tourism and that says that we're open for business. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, sorry, just need to reset my stop clock. Lauren, run out of your ready a minute and 30 seconds to answer the hybrid question I just posed. <laughs> Thanks, Krista. This is an absolutely great question. Um, I, I I moved here in the fall of 2006, and I was telling somebody else's story the other day. Um, I had my one of the first friends I made lived in the East Village, and East Village was not pretty at that time. Um, and I've absolutely been thrilled to see it evolve over the last 15 years. Um, and I'm really excited to see that sort of innovation extend into the rest of the Rivers District, including the space around the arena. Um, I think that's really going to be great, not just for regular tourism as we think about it, but also for business tourism, for having um, more conventions, more, um, you know, companies coming to check out the city to see if they want to set up offices here. And I think it really is a great opportunity to leave a really good first impression or second impression with people visiting the city. And to Courtney's point, um, you know, the, the, the more we build it out and the more we really factor in how usable it is, how accessible it is, um, what the public public realm looks like, the better it is for Calgarians as well. And I think, you know, whenever we're building, we always need to be building for everybody, not just one particular target group. So I'm really excited to see how we move forward with these projects. Thank you, Lauren. Jeffrey, a minute and 30 seconds, whenever you're ready. I think that on the level of uh, tourism, of course, uh, there's a great opportunity there for the staycation during uh, COVID-19. There's not a lot of opportunity for attracting others to come here. But uh, but I do think that uh, and, and we've got some of the candidates here tonight practicing what they preach is what uh, practicing what they preach. 
with uh, Courtney talking about the uh, stand-up paddleboarding, and um, and I saw uh, some photos on uh, Twitter from uh, Lauren uh, where she was uh, on the Bow River with her uh, with her boat. So we know that uh, people are are doing these fantastic activities that we have right in the city, and yeah, we need to do so much more to promote all those opportunities to to have uh, recreation right here at home, helping our local economy. And at the same time, making sure that uh, we're building that process of revitalization. So on the revitalization side, I think that uh, we can't, uh, we can't miss out on, uh, on thinking about the importance of that core. So obviously this is a ward 11 discussion, but, but uh, all the revitalization in the, st in the city, whether it's uh, the ones that were mentioned in, in the question uh, related to the, uh, the entertainment uh, district downtown, or whether it's uh, building out from there, these are these are uh, this is where the focus has to be on building a healthy core, and the whole city uh, can. Uh, it's it's my view that uh, the problems facing uh, Calgary's core will not uh, solve themselves. We do have to get involved, and I do, I do think the Greater Downtown Plan that the City of Calgary has in place is a great start. But there's uh, so much more we have to do to continue to revitalize the downtown core and allow the city to build from there. Thank you, Jeffrey. Um, oh, sorry. Now we're going to go off to Rob, minute and 30 seconds. Do, would you like me to repeat the question or are we okay with the question as is? I think we got a good idea here. Okay. Whenever, whenever you're ready, minute and 30 seconds, Rob. For sure. So, I mean, this question itself relates to Calgary as a whole and more specifically downtown. So while this isn't exactly a Ward 11 question, it does relate to Ward 11 because what happens in downtown affects Ward 11. When business is thriving in downtown Calgary, uh, it affects Ward 11 because as we know right now, the tax base has shifted from downtown outside to the businesses and residents of Ward 11. So when business is thriving downtown, our businesses in Ward 11 pay less tax as well as our residents. Um, to make Calgary a more tourist destination, uh, the first thing I, talk, I think about the Green Line and the fact that our transit system doesn't go from the airports to downtown to me is just wrong. Uh, any world-class city has an excellent transit system that goes from the airport to downtown. And I think of uh, when somebody comes to Calgary, what, what's the first thing they do? They go west as a tourist, at least. They come to Calgary, they go west to the mountains. We need to keep these people in downtown, spending money in Calgary and supporting our local businesses. Uh, the arena can be used as a hub that we can build out from. The arena is going to help significantly with attracting people to downtown. Right now, people don't go downtown on a Friday night. Uh, so the arena can help build from that. And I think that's important. I think of world-class cities, Chicago, New York. When you go to those cities, you go downtown. That's where the life is. And that's what we need for Calgary to revitalize downtown and make it a reason to come to Calgary. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rob. Vance, minute and 30 seconds, whenever you're ready. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with Rob as well there. I've heard from many residents as well that they would like to see an air, airport to downtown uh, LRT or something to that effect. Because like, like he said, everyone needs to come be able to get to the city and then they don't want to have to take a taxi from the airport down to downtown. Another big thing that we have to be looking at again is the safety of people so that people actually want to be tourists in our downtown. We need to open up that police station again so people feel safe and secure while they're going around. Uh, right now, I know that we're, we have just, uh, just north of about 2,250 police officers for the entire city. And if they're all working at the same time, that's great. But we know that they're probably not. It's probably more or less eight or 12-hour shifts. 
So at any given time, it's, it's half of that. So we need to do better to try and help make it so that people feel safe and secure while they're downtown. So they don't have to be worrying about how, how close is the nearest cop and will they be able to get to me in time uh, to be able to keep me feeling safe while I'm touring. Um, we also need to look at uh, trying to help businesses get opened up faster. There's lots of businesses that I've heard from where they try and open up something downtown. They said the red tape is so bad. And this, this plays into all those dealerships moving outside of Calgary is they were actually able to get their businesses licenses approved in a very short time frame. Whereas right now in the current city, it's about uh, 18 months to two years, which is completely unacceptable. We need to be more business friendly to help our tourists. Thank you. I see. I was running out of time there. You, you just had close. it like you just under the <laughs> uh, the hair there, Vance. Um, we have uh, 24 minutes, and if we all have two minute closing statements, that means I have 10 minutes to fill before we actually have to start doing a closing statements. So, as I am the moderator, I am going to ask a question that none of these people were prepared for. But as city councilors, you will be asked a range of questions on a range of topics every single day. As you are door knocking, questions are gonna be proposed to you and you will have to think on your feet. So let's see how well you can think on your feet. On October 18th, this is not the only election that the city of Calgary is having. We're also having one as well around fluoride. In a minute time, what is your position on fluoride in our water? And this time we will start with Lauren. One minute, whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris. Um, overall, I support fluoride being in the water. I don't think it is the most ideal distribution system. I think, um, you know, a lot of water doesn't actually end up being consumed. It's in our toilets, it's watering our lawn. So I think there's probably a more efficient way of getting fluoride to people, um, especially low-income Calgarians that, that, you know, studies have shown it really does benefit them. Um, that said, it's the best we have right now. So I'm in favor of putting it back in the water and then looking at alternative solutions that are gonna have the same effectiveness, um, perhaps being put into play down the road. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Jeffrey, what's your opinion on fluoride in water? So to answer this question, just to, to make it, uh, my answer very clear, uh, I am in favor of adding fluoride to the water. But the question is, uh, I can go one step further and say, well, how do you get to that point? For every decision that I face at uh, city council, I want to make sure that I'm taking two factors into consideration. One is, uh, what are the experts telling me? And the other is, what are my constituents telling me? The one thing that I don't consider is, what is my opinion? That is not important. Uh, if I'm going to be successful at City Hall, I have to make sure that I'm representing those who put me there. So uh, in terms of fluoride, I know that the experts, uh, there are experts on both sides, but the point is that all the experts in Alberta, whether we're talking about the Alberta Dental Association, whether we're talking about Alberta Health Services, whether we're talking about um, even right through to the U.S. Uh, Centers for uh, for control of, of uh, these things. The, the point is that uh, they are all in favor of, uh, of putting fluoride in the water. So I, I, I take the expert opinion and back it up. And we've had plebiscites, uh, two plebiscites that voted in favor of putting fluoride in the water. And now we'll have a, another you. one here this time around. Jeffrey. Rob, uh, it's off to you. One minute on fluoride in water. All right. Uh, the biggest thing with this is 
let's make a decision and let's stick to it because we've we've done this too many times. Uh, so the plebiscite, I, I, my understanding is that the result of that vote is non-binding. So for example, let's say everybody voted yes to fluoride, I as a counselor could still vote no. Uh, I'm here to say I would not do that. My first job to the residents of Ward 11 is to listen to what they have to say and to represent them. So if the vote, whichever way the vote goes, that's the way I'm voting myself. And I think that's my responsibility. Uh, just in terms of the fluoride, I mean, the province takes care of our health system. I would love to see the province take this on as uh, this is this is a provincial health issue. Um, yeah, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna benefit the health of people. Then maybe the province should handle it. But I will be following the will of the residents. Whatever they vote, that's how I vote. That's my job. Thank you, Rob Vance. Minute on uh, fluoride. Thank you. So I'm I'm happy that it's going to a plebiscite. That way the constituents can actually vote on it. Myself personally, I'm not in favor of fluoride. I think that uh, fluoride is meant as more of a topical solution. So it's something that's in our toothpaste and our mouthwashes already, and it's widely uh, uh, findable. Any anyone, even the low-income people, can pick up a, a three-dollar bottle of it. So I, I don't think that that's an issue. Uh, but I do think that people that drink lots of water. Uh, of course, they're going to be consuming a lot more, so the dosage will be different for them. So let's say a 100-pound hundred pound woman that's very athletic that uh, drinks six liters a day is going to be consuming way more than she needs to versus a 200-pound man that only drinks a couple glasses of water a day. Uh, so we need to be kind of thinking about that dosage as well as what's a healthy level and what isn't a healthy level because they don't really specify that and they don't take into consideration uh, different people's dimensions and uh, the amount that they're consuming. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vance and Courtney. Last uh, for you, fluoride, yes or no? Uh, so the, the quick answer is yes. The long answer is plebiscites aren't the best solution to finding out what citizens want. Um, we have a limited number of individuals who will benefit from fluoride who are eligible to vote in that plebiscite. So there are many Calgarians who need access to better dental care, who don't have eligibility to vote. That includes children, that includes new Canadians um, who may be without dental benefits. So, I mean, as Rob said, yes, we need to challenge this as a provincial issue, um, similar to eye care. So how children under 18 and seniors over 65 get, get you know, free eye exams. We need to be building that into our provincial healthcare system in the short term. Um, even though it could be costly, we do need to address the broader health implications of not having fluoride in our water. I'm always open to evidence, uh, but at this point, I believe health um, for our, you know, for our vulnerable population is really important. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys did amazing on that and it was very quick. So I'm going to have to pose another question here. And this is uh, similar to a question that was already posed, but I'm going to let you follow up. During this hour and a half so far, we have had people on YouTube with a variety of opinions. As the next city councillor, you will be there to represent your constituents, but you also will be there to represent the city as a whole. How do you balance representing the city with representing your ward because you have to look at the best interest for the city so starting with jeff how do you do that how do you balance your ward with the city so a minute to you whenever you're ready 
I think that uh, this is a great question because uh, it'd be easy to say that we're going to balance uh, all the needs of, of what I talked about earlier in terms of recognizing those who are underprivileged versus those who, who have access to, to uh, more means than others uh, and balancing those needs. But what about balancing the needs of people in different parts of the city? And I think that uh, that is going to come along with, uh, if I can use a visual, instead of uh, working like this at City Hall, we have to work like this. And it's this, what this means is that sometimes we're going to have to compromise. Sometimes we're going to have to uh, give up something that may have no benefit to uh, Ward 11, but does have a benefit for the city as a whole. So that's going to be essential. And by doing so, you have the benefit of the next time you need something that's just a benefit to Ward 11. You'll have people to work with you because that's a healthy council is one that uh, that recognizes the value of compromise and recognizes the value of collaboration and recognizes the value of voting in favor of things that may have no direct benefit to Ward 11, but they do have benefit to all. Thank you, Jeffrey. Rob, minute to you whenever you're ready. You bet. Um, first of all, as I've said before, my, my first priority is serving the residents of Ward 11. So anything that I'm voting on, I will mainly and primarily be looking at it through the lens of benefit for the residents of Ward 11. That being said, obviously some decisions do influence the residents of Ward 11. And if there's a citywide decision, I again, I'm going to look at it through the scope of the people that I'm representing and just try to link the benefits of a citywide decision to how it will affect people in this area. Um, I'm going to cheat on this one. Uh, somebody, somebody mentioned in the chat that I didn't answer the last question. Uh, I, I would be pro fluoride, um, but I'm still going to, whatever the residents vote on, that's what I'm doing. That's it for me. Thank you. Vance, whenever you're ready, how do you balance the needs of Ward 11 with the needs of the city? I think, again, it's got to be a collaborative approach between all sides. I think uh, looking through it and seeing what the Ward, of, Ward, of, Ward 11 residents want first and primarily is the first thing that I need to be doing. But of course, just like a hockey team, uh, you don't get to pick the other players that you're with, but you do all have to work together for a common interest, uh, which is how I see city politics. I, I still have to play with the other players regardless, because if I just decide to hold the puck on my side the entire time, because I don't feel like sharing with everyone else, we're never going to get where we want to go. So I think it's got to be a collaborative approach where we need to be able to work together and give and take on certain issues. Thank you. Guys, you guys got to start speaking longer because we're going to go to another round robin here, guys. Uh, Courtney, whenever you're ready. <laughs> oh, man. Do, Chris, do I get a minute or a minute and a half on this one? Now I can't You remember. get a minute, one minute. Okay. Everyone gets a minute on the round robins. Okay, perfect. Thanks. Oh, this is a great question because um, what I'm hearing people um, is that they, they believe that the needs of the ward are different than the needs of the city. And really, like, as I've traveled around the ward talking with residents and talking with, you know, people in other parts of the city, those priorities that people hold um, are often very, very similar. So it is, you know, prioritizing parks, prioritizing green spaces, you know, making sure we have economic diversification and recovery, revitalization of downtown. So things that um, directly benefit the city inherently, you know, inherently benefit the residents of Ward 11. Now that is not to say there are un not unique needs and circumstances of Ward 11 communities, and we need to be able to address those on one-off basis. 
What we do get to do from though is as a council, learn from other parts of the city, what has worked well in other neighborhoods and share those learnings with each other so that we can improve um, communities in Ward 11. Awesome. Sorry, Lauren, do you want me to last... take five more seconds? No, you minutes? actually were right at one minute. So good for you. Lauren, <laughs> we're ready. And then we will start our closing statements because I want to make sure that we get all those in correctly. Lauren, whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris. Um, and I don't want to be too repetitive. I think um, the other candidates have said a lot of really great things um, that I agree with. But um, I will say that I think, um, you know, what Vance said about and, and Rob said about looking at things with the Ward 11 lens, I think even if it doesn't particularly apply to Ward 11, we need to think about if this was happening in Ward 11, how would we feel about it? How would this benefit? What what are the drawbacks to it? Um, because eventually similar issues might happen here. And, you know, we need to be part of setting that precedent, whatever that is. So I think it's important to really reflect on what if it was in our backyard? How would we feel about that? Um, and then, you know, vote according, according to that um, and how it would benefit our award. Well... We are 12 minutes away from the hour and a half uh, debate, and we are going to move to our closing statements. Now for the closing statements, each candidate will receive two minutes. They can take all two minutes if they wish, or they don't have to, as we've seen that some of these candidates are very quick on their feet. So might need, might not need two minutes, but they have full two minutes. And this closing statement will be in reverse alphabetical order by last name, starting with Rob Ward. Rob, whenever you're ready, you have two minutes for your closing statement. Well, thank you. First of all, thanks everyone for uh, tuning in tonight. And thanks to Chris for putting this on. As we know, COVID had canceled a live one. So this is huge. Uh, first, I'd like to say on, on October 18th or before October 18th, if you're going to vote, I ask you to vote for me. And why is that? I have relevant experience. I have my own small business. I work with small businesses. I've lived in Calgary my whole life, and I work with our local charities. I see the importance of Calgary. I believe that we are on the verge of a resurgence here. We just need to elect people that are willing to work with and for the residents to make that happen. Uh, my, my two things are collaborative fiscal responsibility. Working collaboratively now more than ever is extremely important. We need to work you know, with residents, with administration, and with other members of council to get stuff done on time, on budget, and to work with each other. Right now we have, I would say, a fairly divisive council, and I don't want to be a part of that. I want to get stuff done as a team. And my fiscal responsibility, we need to spend money intelligently. Our residents have said we're not nailing our basic core services and we need to refocus and ensure that we are nailing the very basics, snow removal, pothole repairs on the roads, deteriorating sidewalks, accessibility, safety in the communities, uh, a transit system that people actually want to use and feel safe on. We need to nail the basics. Right now we're spending like we have and we aren't. So we need to reprioritize on that. Lastly, I, I would ask consider who you're voting for and what their motivation is. Uh, I have independent integrity. As I said, I'm not backed by any political parties, unions, special interest groups, or other candidates. I'm a resident of Ward 11. I've lived here my entire life, and I want to see better for our city, and I believe we can do that. On October 18th or before, please vote for me, Rob Ward. Thank you. 
Thank you, Rob. And now we will go to Jeffrey Vanderberg. Jeffrey, whenever you're ready. Sure. Thanks again, Chris, for hosting tonight. And thanks uh, to everyone who took the time to join us for this uh, debate, discussion, uh, forum. It's uh, uh, you know essential that we have uh, opportunities like this to get to know the candidates a bit better. Uh, as we move into the next uh, council, if I'm uh, privileged to be a part of it, we don't know all the issues that will come before uh, council. It's impossible to anticipate everything that's going to happen. But what I can do is I can commit to being respectful, reasonable, and responsive along the way. Those are things I can control, and so those are things that I can promise to do. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, that I'm listening to my council colleagues, I'm listening to administration, I'm listening to community associations. As the former president of the community association here in Lakeview, I know the value that community associations can play in terms of tapping into communities, and also listening to residents before I cast my votes. So making sure that I don't go into a vote uh, with my my mind made up, remaining open to the possibility that based on what I hear, I'll change my mind. That's going to be essential. So uh, I think that uh, obviously we talked about the importance of focusing on uh, the basics again. And I agree with uh, with uh, Rob's desire to make sure that we're not uh, losing sight of what uh, council's focus, uh, whether it's infrastructure, traffic, uh, uh, crime, safety, uh, and obviously taxes. Those are things that that I'm hearing at the doors that are important to people. They want us to focus on on those things, and I think that by focusing on those things, we will be able as a city council to accomplish what I think is the most important first task, and that is to win back the city's trust. We know that uh, around the city, people share those views of of uh, infrastructure, traffic, roads, crime, safety that I talked about earlier in taxes. But but in Ward 11, the amount of the lack of trust in the city is higher than than elsewhere in the city. So we know that has to be a focus and it's going to be my focus. And I think given my communications background, I'm well positioned to do that, to make sure that we have clear, concise and consistent communication going forward. Two minutes there. Sorry, um, you're always you're always asking for more time, and then we're always being cut off here. Hey, I apologize. I just want to make sure that I am uh, cautious of everyone getting two minutes. Uh, I do apologize, and I should have extended it longer. I do apologize, though. But we'll stick to the two minutes. Uh, Lauren, two minutes whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris. Um, first off, I want to thank all my fellow candidates for coming and being part of this very positive discussion that we're having. And I want to thank everybody who's watching for coming and being engaged and really wanting to understand who you may be voting for. Um, in terms of why vote for me, um, I'm looking to bring a balanced, nonpartisan approach to council. I want council, or sorry, I want Calgary to be a place where businesses thrive, where businesses want to invest their money. I want an inclusive, safe community where people really feel like they belong and they want to stay here and they want to have their families here and they want to retire here. I just want Calgary to be a place where people love to live. I want to make sure that all Ward 11 residents have a voice in their day to day and a voice in the future of Calgary as well. Um, as I mentioned before, I've had a lot of opportunity here. I really think that Calgary is a place where with a lot of hard work, um, with an entrepreneurial spirit, you can really do whatever your, your heart is set on. And I want other people to know that. And I want that spirit to remain in Calgary. Um, I want to work with you, the Ward 11 residents and other stakeholders to make sure that we continue to be that kind of city 
and that we have a great reputation out there for being innovative and entrepreneurial um, and being a place where, you know, it's a really great place to move and set down roots because you'll probably have a better life than where you were before. Um, so thanks again for everybody um, who's come to watch this, this debate tonight. Um, and again, thanks to our host for his great timekeeping skills. Thank you. Uh, Courtney, uh, two minutes whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris. Um, again, uh, yeah, thanks again, Chris. Thanks again to the other candidates who who took the time to, to show up tonight. I, I think it speaks volumes of the kind of dialogue that we're willing to have with residents, um, e even though we can't see them. <laughs> Thank you for being here, residents. Um, I, I want to start by saying um, there was a lot of information given tonight in a very short period of time, and I want to encourage everyone to, um, who's watching to follow up with with me individually, um, you know, and get a hold of me. Uh, I want to answer your follow up questions that I'm sure that you have burning inside of you. I want to remind everyone that I believe Calgary is a great city, um, and I am really committed to the people at the at the heart of this and at the heart of my why is the people and the relationships that I've built. Uh, and and the tenacity and the drive um, that people have brought to the table through their own experiences in their own community and economic development. I'm inspired by you. I am um, in awe of you. And I really want to be able to find ways to champion your voice and your innovation that you want to bring to the city. And I want to listen to your problems and I want to help find strategic solutions to them. Um, I want to put you at the heart of decision making. I want to center community at the heart of our decisions and building our city. So I'm committed to supporting Ward 11 residents in, in our neighborhoods by supporting investment into infrastructure in our communities. I want to champion Calgary's economic growth, supporting local businesses, helping Calgary embrace its full potential as a global player in emerging markets. I strongly believe, we didn't get to this snake, but I strongly believe in addressing climate change, being actively anti-racist and supporting the voices and people, groups who are doing community development in their own neighborhoods. I am excited to continue on this journey for the next 27 days, meeting with you, talking with you, and I want to have big, bold conversations about the bright future Calgary has. Thank you, Courtney. And Vance, two minutes to you whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris, for moderating this. This is an absolute pleasure and so much fun to be able to do and see all the other candidates there running and hear some of their views and that. Since I don't get to be on the receiving end, I'm not on the other side of the door. I never get to see them. So uh, it's great to see and hear from everyone. And yeah, I'd love I'd love to uh, be part of the solution to the problem here of the city, um, having troubles going on and uh, and having low, low economic output right now. I know that many Calgarians are suffering and I'd just love to uh, be part of the solution to bringing it back to what my dad always talked about, which was the city, city of hope and uh, prosperity. It was the beacon of hope that got him here. Uh, and the first day that he landed, he was actually able to find a job and a place to stay in the very first day. And uh, I'm hoping that we can get the city back to that, that same level so that people are flocking to the city, as well as businesses um, getting the taxes lowered so that people can, people can open up businesses and they're excited to get here. Uh, they've got ample opportunities, and I think we can restore that Alberta advantage that we once had here uh, in this great province and city, and I think that uh, it would be very beneficial for all of us to be able to get to that point. I think that if, we, if we're if we able to um, get get our core things looked after, our, uh, you know, getting work back into the city again and getting businesses back into the city, we'll be able to solve a lot of the other problems 
that we're suffering from with taxation and everything else. Because right now we've hollowed out so much of our uh, tax base that we're having troubles left, right and center. And now we're trying to figure out ways to get around it. And unfortunately, there's only one way. And the, and the way to do that is to actually get businesses open back up again and get them underway so that we can grow with the city back again and grow that tax base so that we have lots of money to do lots of extra things for people and get things done that they need to be done. Thank you, uh, Calgary Ward 11, and uh, hope that you can vote for me. And if not, I appreciate you guys getting out there. Please, everyone get to the polls. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Vance. Um, I do want to take this moment before we do my do my wrap up. Um, in each one of your uh, closing statements, you talked about how you hope people can contact you, get involved. How can people reach out? What is your websites? What are your websites? How can people actually reach out to you? So in reverse alphabetical order, once again, Rob, what is your website? And it's just a quick, what is your website? Here we go. RobWord11.ca. My email is info at robward11.ca. Look me up on Facebook. Just search Rob Ward for Ward 11. Same with Instagram. Thank you so much. Jeffrey Vandenberg, website, email. And if you have any social media, what are they? Yeah, you can reach me at the website, jeffreyvanderberg.com. That's jeffreyvanderberg.com. The email address is info at jeffreyvanderberg.com. And the, my phone number is on there as well. If you prefer to give me a call, uh, that rings right in my pocket and I'll pick it up. Awesome. Lauren, what about you? Website, Facebook page, social media, what are they? It's all very easy. LaurenHerschel.ca. Email is hello at LaurenHerschel.ca. And virtually all the social media handles are Lauren Herschel, um, with the exception of Facebook. And that's Lauren Herschel for Ward 11. So pretty easy to find as long as you can spell my name. There's a C in the last name. Courtney, what about yourself? Website, social media platforms. All right. Website. CourtneyBranigan.ca or .com. They'll both go the same place. Uh, email address is info. No, it's not. That's not the email. It's hello at collaborate.ca. It's C-O-1-1-A-B-O-R. Just go use the contact form on the website. It's so much easier. Um, and social handles, it's all Court Brannigan. Um, so find me across all the social channels and happy. And please use the social channels to ask questions too. Don't be formal. You don't have to send me an email. Social's great. And Vance, what about yourselves? Website, social media handles? So you can find me at votevance.ca. My email is vance at votevance.ca. And you can find me also on Facebook. Uh, if you put in the search bar at votevanceward11. Thank you. Perfection. Now, after all that, you get to see my lovely face for the next few seconds before we do wrap up here. I want to thank the candidates for taking time out of their campaign to do this tonight. But I also want to take you, the voter. Democracy can only happen if we have candidates and voters. By taking time out of your night to watch this debate or listening to it at a later date, you have done the first step towards ensuring that democracy survives. As I've said repeatedly on the Cross-Border Interview podcast, vote. Take 90 minutes out of your day to educate yourself on the candidates for mayor, for councillor, for school board trustee, for Senate, and vote for the person you want to represent you for the next four years. And just a reminder that advanced voting starts on October 4th and runs until October 10th. Election day is October 18th. That's a Monday.
We will be back here tomorrow night live at 7 p.m. with candidates for Ward 4 here in the city of Calgary. I want to thank everyone. I want to thank the candidates for doing this tonight. Have yourself an excellent rest of your Wednesday. Talk to you later, everyone.